Hi, everyone. It's Jen DeWall. And on this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast, I sat down with Ant Mario to talk about how you can be more influential. I love Ant. He's a colleague of mine. He's someone that I've gotten to know. And let me tell you a little bit more about him. Anthony is a speaker you've seen on the TEDx stage, a poet, a certified brain health strategist, and he has worked with leading behavioral scientists to develop enriching learning experiences and was among a handful that was selected, trained, and traveled with Tony Robbins. And as an experienced life strategist with an insatiable hunger to stretch who he is and what he gives, he applies science and art to his exuberant lightning-in-a-bottle delivery style. He was built in New York and has a colorful background of experience in training, which allows him to be versatile in his ways to educate, engage, and empower people to take action on strategies to improve the quality of their lives. I promise you, you will listen to this. Ant has dropped so many different considerations, so many different prompts, and really just getting you to think, how can I be more influential? Well, it starts with me. And then what can I do and how can I give to others? I promise you, this is a podcast that will not disappoint. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to have Aunt Demario here on the podcast, and we are going to be having a conversation all around how to be more influential. And I, I love my work with you. You and I work together at BetterUp. It's just been a fantastic journey, and I'm so excited to bring you in front of Presscom's audience for the Leadership Habit Podcast. I know that you've got so much influence. So welcome to the show, Ann. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here with you. I admire you deeply and, and just want to acknowledge you for you and your leadership and influence. And your energy is infectious. And I was just thinking about this really quickly. I don't know if anyone of you can relate to this, but I woke up this morning and I just had a great hair day. And it just sparks a whole different energy. So I'm pumped up to be in this uh, virtual experience here with you, uh, Jen, and also connect with your audience. And, you know, if you're having a good hair day today, uh, you know, go crush it as well. (laughs) I love it. Hey, it's those little nuances that give the extra confidence, right? We're talking about how to be more influential. I feel like sometimes that's part of it is feeling like you have your power open on or feeling like, you know, Mm. your hair is going well. I can relate to that. Absolutely. Because my hair doesn't always work with me, but no, I love that. So yeah, let's go ahead and dive in. I love to always start with a great origin story. Mm. Tell us who you are, how you came to be. What was your journey like to becoming a speaker, to becoming a coach, to becoming Mm. who you are today? Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a beautiful question. I always say, um, especially as a leader or someone of influence, the, the result is always in the question. The deeper we go with the questions, the more we can better understand. And I think we're always trying to appreciate and understand people's worlds, uncover the truth, how we can support them and, you know, be strong enough in our presence. You know, presence speaks loudly and we can help support them to get to where they want to grow. Um, and just really quickly before I dive in, because I love this origin question, you know, we can only take people as far as we're willing to grow. So what's beautiful about each of you that are watching this I think if you're watching this, you're after learning and growing, which is amazing. And I speak the same language. So I'm so super excited just to chat a little bit. Uh, Origin story. So as a speaker, you know, it's been a a beautiful growing story. And uh, just to share a little bit, um, probably about a decade ago, um, I I discovered that, you know, people would kind of gravitate toward me and I would tend to be speaking no matter if I was in the meeting or, you know, the different room or whatever it may be. And I don't know if any of you out there can relate to this, but I feel a little bit unsettled sometimes if I'm always the center of the room. Uh, that's just not how I am. Uh, surprisingly, maybe for you, Jen, to, to hear that. But <laughs> I, uh, so I got really good at moving attention and energy to other people um, and spotlighting them. And I think 
you know, as a speaker, we're, we're, you know, we're always a lighthouse, right? We're helping people see the path, um, get through the forest, so to speak. So for me, um, I kind of found this natural gift, which I'm super grateful for. And I believe, you know, when we utilize our gifts towards something that's bigger than us, we kind of walk ourselves into our purpose. So I started to do just that. I started to just lead these little BU talks. What I noticed was that, you know, what really meant a lot to me was spreading the message that it's okay to be you, right? To authentically show up um, as I was kind of navigating growing through that in my life. So I'd share this little story. Um, I call it Relatable Message of Hope. Um, and it just started to grow. And I would never forget this one moment that me, some of you that are um, becoming speakers yourself, um, it's not going to be easy, <laughs> but you got to commit. You got to pour yourself into it. Um, people feel that in that room, your, your words land powerfully with some wind behind them if they live and breathe in your body. And I remember this one moment, uh, I was sitting outside this little conference room. Um, I peeked my head in before I sat down outside and there was three people there. You know, you, we all have to understand that when you start speaking, you're not going to have thousands of people in the room right away, right? You're, you're building momentum, as you know, Jen, very well. Um, I peeked in, there was like a few people there. I sit down and, you know, at that point, um, you know, I wasn't really doing what I am now and getting people to invite me in to um, really pay for the value that I'm adding. And I remember calling my Italian mother, loud, loving, so much energy. Uh, I said, mom, like, you know, what am I doing? Like, you know, do people want to hear this? Do people want to, you know, hear me speak? Like, am I actually making a difference in people's lives? And I was like, I can't pay my rent. Um, I have no food in my house. Like, like, what am I doing? One of those moments. And maybe you felt like that before. And that's okay. Um, and she goes, get out of your head and get into your heart. You know, when you're in your heart, people are going to feel that. And if you're able to just be some sort of message for that person, whatever battle they're facing, you know, whatever they're navigating, you become light and people gravitate toward light. So let up first, you can let up others. And it hit me. And I'll never forget that moment because the biggest part is after that little session, that little session connected me to somebody um, at a foundation that transformed my speaking career. So every room you walk into, you don't know who you're connecting with. So show up powerfully with presence, right? And I get back to my apartment. This is the point of the whole story I'm sharing with you. And I'll never forget it. I walk in and I got these little, that's why I have so many, these little uh, post-it notes everywhere. My mom's my superhero. Not all superheroes wear capes. That's the truth. Uh, she put little post-it notes everywhere. Like you are powerful, you're brave, you're courageous. She filled my fridge. She left me another note and she said, I paid you rent for the rest of the year go fall in love with what you're here to do. And, uh, you know, I, I get emotional talking about it. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And, and that's part of that origin story. And from there, I just kept serving. And I truly believe if you're becoming a new speaker, just fall in love with the process. It's not about what you get. It's about who you become. And fiercely carve and just know that there are going to be tough days. That's the truth. But just keep falling in love with that process. Show up powerfully of who you are. And that led me to grace the TEDx stage that walked me into doing some extraordinary work with Tony Robbins, if you're familiar, love him or hate him. He's exquisite as a speaker um, and brought me into some new partnerships and just where I am today. You know, it's a little long winded, but I think the core message that I'm trying to share with you is that, you know, live and breathe the words. I always hear this quote. You may know it. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never. And I, I strongly disagree. Words matter. Words matter when you're a speaker. Words matter as a human. And maybe you could think about this if you got a text before out of nowhere and you open the phone and says, I love you, I miss you, I'm sorry. It makes you feel a certain way. 
So fall in love with the words that you're saying, lean into your messages, just know that every person matters. Every conversation matters. Every step forward is in the right direction. So just keep moving forward on that. I mean, yeah, you were like saying this for speakers, but this is a lesson in leadership, right? Yeah. How we show up, how we can create mm. the light for others and how we can, you know, you talked about the university yeah. a little bit, but what would workplaces look like if we encourage people to just show up as themselves? And I know that there's risk there. There's, you know, it's, it's a little dicey when it comes down to for trust sure. and what trust yeah. looks like in the culture, but you know, how would our workplaces change if we could just be ourselves and be encouraging and supportive yeah. and caring? Like that story of your mom doing that is unbelievably generous, but be so incredibly thoughtful. And just, we all need that encouragement sometimes. Yeah. It's so powerful. I love that you asked that question. You know, just, you know, eye contact, just noticing different things, even if it's your barista, just compassion and presence is the greatest gift, but it could truly, and I think it is, I truly believe that it is starting to catch wind and transform just different organizations because it could feel vulnerable, but I truly believe vulnerability is the undercurrent of our, our human nature. It's what makes us, us. And I think what's helped me as a speaker is just to become visible enough to be seen, and then you can help other people feel seen. So as a leader, as somebody that's you know moving people into action, if you become the product of the product, if you are aligned on the message, if you're seeing people for who they are, their authentic self, and you're paying attention, you're observing, you're empathetically showing up with compassion, you're asking questions. And with that level of care and connection, you can lead people. And I, and I truly believe this wholeheartedly that the state of an organization always comes down to the psychology of that leader. You know, yeah. how do they communicate with oneself first unless they can effectively communicate with others? And at the core essence, what I truly believe influence leadership, all it is, is being able to empower people to pour themselves into action. So, you know, how do we really do that? I think it's... Yeah, I was going to say, so yeah. let's dive into it. How, yeah. <laughs> how do you empower people into action? Because I yeah. think there's that piece of, you know, even talking about authentic leadership, which we just touched on, that's difficult to be like, well, wait, what if they don't like me? They're not going to move into action. Yeah. So there's a lot of noise and, and head trash, if you will, mm. that can come up for you. So where do you start? How can you as a leader start to think, how can it be more influential? I mean, you've already hit on a lot. You can focus yeah. on your presence, right? Even how you show presence. up with a barista or anyone that you see at work, just being present, smiling, giving the eye contact. And of course, like, you know, that radical self-acceptance of, mm. you know, Hey, I, okay. I love myself for who I am. Like, I'm not going to judge myself for getting it wrong or for, you know, making a misstep because that's mm. human. So when you, yeah. I mean, you've done a lot of work and we didn't even touch on the type of work that you do, but I know that as we dive into this conversation, we're going to get to that. So where's the starting point for thinking about how do you become more influential? Yeah. The starting point I think starts with you. You know, I think what you said so powerfully, we have a lot of things that come up in our mind, right? And uh, a lot of chatter sometimes. And really quickly, if that happens, you know, I always say crush ant, uh, you know, autonomic uh, negative thoughts, you know, just start questioning something further enough and you'll start to get the truth out of it. Um, but it starts okay, with Do us. you ever have negative yeah. thoughts? Because we have to go real talk. And what Ant just gave is the yeah. acronym. Like, ants, these are natural things. They're automatic negative thoughts. Yeah. That's what that acronym stands for. And our brain is conditioned for a negative bias. So know that you're yeah. already kind of set up to be a little bit more negative. But mm -hmm. Ant, what, like, I mean, let's real talk. Because I have yeah. messages, you know, in terms of that impact my leadership. And my messages can be, 
you know, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough or mm. someone can do it better. And yeah. I'm curious, what are some of the messages that you have? Because I, I like to open up that it's totally normal to have this level of self-doubt totally. and to just go there because someone might be listening. That's like, uh, you know, Jen and Aunt maybe yeah. got the playbook for life. Well, maybe they don't think that it will be, <laughs> but they might think about someone else and we all truly have it. So what are yeah. some of like, what are some of your aunts? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. And I always say, you know, you the process is always acknowledge, accept, and activate on something that moves you in the right direction. But it's true. We all have these thoughts that could hold us back sometimes and make us think a certain way. And you're not alone. And and for those of you that are there, you know, you're amazing because you believe that you are. And it starts with that. And and also, you know, for me, I don't really go negative, but what I do do is my, um, I think sadness drapes me sometimes. Okay. So I'll start to isolate myself and that's, that's my thing. And it can be different for you. Um, and that's okay. But I believe where it starts is just us conditioning ourselves first. Like, you know, what we need to do is, is make sure we gift ourselves that time. Like the way we show up is pretty much what we're doing in private always. And just to give you some you know, thought there. I think about, you know, the way we, I think the most beautiful disciplined human trait is to regulate our own nervous system, to take care of us first so we can show up others. Because what you just alluded to, Jen, is the truth. People are going to say some tough things. We're going to go through some tough moments. Um, but if we can have that mindfulness to say in that moment, okay, you know, what am I going to focus on? What does this mean? And what can I do differently? It's okay to feel what I'm feeling but that perspective is power. What we see in this experience is everything that we're looking for. So for me, um, just to be vulnerable, if that's okay, I go to a sadness, I pull back, I isolate myself. I give myself like a few minutes or so and say, okay, you know, this is what I'm feeling. That is okay. Let me think about why I'm feeling this. Let me explore this. Let me investigate this thing. And is it true? Is it absolutely true? And I start to question it. And what if I think the other thing, how would that make me feel? probably a lot better. And the truth is this, my friends, whether you're thinking I'm not enough or I am enough, we're still right where here. So we have the power to choose the story we're going to pursue, right? So we have more control than we think, but I would encourage each of you um, that it's, you know, I always say this, people say, you're so optimistic. You have so much energy. I was like, yeah, I built this machine, right? right. Every morning, right? I'm, I'm making sure my 24 hour clocks align. We could talk about that if you're up for it, but I'm doing the things every day. And it's, Every day is a climb. Life's unpredictable. Life's intense. You know, going back to my story, um, the reason I pursued the BU message and created BU University is because what I noticed is that people were falling into the stigma. They didn't want to talk. They didn't want to go to therapy. They didn't want to do all these things. Things, and we got to take care of people at the whole. And if I could become a relatable story for somebody to empower them to talk, to take care of themselves differently, then I was doing my part and it's always bigger than us. So um, with that, I think the invitation is, you know, just make sure that you have your rituals in place, um, whether it's meditation or not, or hydration or just going for the walk in the morning before you even start the day. Um, so that way you set yourself up more powerfully. So when those tough conversations do come, when you do get that email, um, you're in the space to say, you know what, that thought, I'm just going to let that walk by. That doesn't serve me. I'm going to dance around it maybe. And the more mindful I become, the more powerful I behave. I mean, I love that we're just starting with mindfulness and yeah. it's something that I think people might just, some people I think might look at it as, oh, mindfulness is, is doing yoga. It's doing meditation and mindfulness to me 
is very mm-hmm. much tracking our thoughts of what stories we write, what ones we're actually paying attention to, or if we, you know, the expression to look at our thoughts as cars, like what car are you going to get in and drive? Yeah. And I love thinking about that as, you know, you alluded to that and said that we are the ones that are the authors. And so if you want to think about how you're going to be more influential, like it starts with mm-hmm. us and understanding the dang stories that we're telling ourselves. So there's a level of accountability that we have to have of saying like, am I getting in my own dang way mm. of being influential? And I think that's an important piece too. That's both empowering and a shift from that. Maybe the victim, like things are happening to me to saying, okay, I got this. I can control this. Like, I mean, I I just love all the things that you unpack there. And I'm curious, you're 24. Okay. What did you allude to with your 24 hour routine? You have such a stellar way of like self-care and for thinking about (laughs) taking care of ourselves and starting with you. What's Mm. your 24 hour routine? Yeah. I love that. And first, what you said, just want to point you out because you're phenomenal. Uh, I think everybody watching already knows, but uh, what you said something about story, you change the story you write, you live, what we rehearse, we become. So when I was navigating my depression and anxiety, and I mean, up until that first talk, I would be paralyzed in front of a room because that just wasn't my nature. But the story I was telling myself was, People didn't want to hear me. People weren't there to listen. People didn't want to be moved by me or influenced by me. And what transformed everything for me is the story is like, people want to hear me. People think I'm funny. People want me to be goofy. People want me to be me, right? And you change your story, you change everything. And that's, we all become the writers. So I love that you alluded to that. And what's really powerful here too, is that we're a direct reflection of our belief of our story. We're a product of those patterns of rituals. So that'll walk us into the 24 hour clock. And yes, I I'm here for it. I time. want a 24 hour clock. Give me, give me a tool <laughs> yeah. for how I can think yeah. about it. And, and I have energy. sacred time. I and mean, my best friends know we go on vacation. Like that first hour is ants golden time. I call it. And then we stopped, the, we just stopped laboring. Um, and we start to pursue the best version of us. So for me, the 24 hour clock, it's super simple. It's rooted in science. Uh, beautiful scientist, uh, Northwestern. She's top 1% published in the world. Um, and really what it arrives is that Every cell in our body is on a 24-hour clock. We have a master clock, a piece of the brain just up above the roof of the mouth. As we all know, right, we have our circadian rhythm. So if we want to maximize the quality of our being, you know, we got to understand some of the mechanics of that. So really quickly, super simple, a few things we can do to, I call, regulate that 24-hour clock. The first thing is when we wake up, simple, eight to 10 minutes of sunlight outside if you can. If you're in the Pacific Northwest, you might say, sun never arrives. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> you know, you, there's a beautiful app that can actually track, even if it's cloudy, it's still potent. Now, don't stare at the sun. If it's like hurting, that means you're <laughs> looking at it too much. But if you can get outside, eight to 10 minutes of sunlight is life-changing. That alone will transform so, so much. And there's also like beautiful um, mental health lamps, I think they are, that you can get the, the right amount of lux, I think it is. but eight to 10 minutes while you're doing that super simple, go for a walk, a walk three to four times a day. Research shows yields the same result, um, that we need for, for really transforming our health as far as like exercise. And what's beautiful about the walk is you're not only walking and you're getting in sunlight at the same time, but you're watching things pass you and you're opening up your vision. And we call that in science, the cathedral effect. It's bigger. You're going to feel like more expansive with your thinking and doing that puts you in an activated sense of calm. It's really, really powerful. So if you can, and you're able, 
three to four times a week, go for the walk. I, this is where I start each morning while I'm getting the sunlight. And the brain is the exquisite. It's this magical pearl inside of our head. It makes you, you, me, me. It's not really like software. It's more like a dense forest. The mind wandering through thought, emotion, imagination. And what's really great is we can cultivate that forest. So by walking, right, that's basically fertilizer for a cognitive ecosystem, right? The brain showers itself in this beautiful neurotropic factor. So eight to 10 minutes of sunlight, if you can walk, get things passing, open up your view, really powerful. The third thing we arrived to is, what I like to say, you know, just appreciation, right? Just expressing what you appreciate, anchoring in there. Um, it's really powerful too, to also share that if you feel comfortable, because that's a 10x potency for the person receiving, uh, which is really grateful. Uh, really so powerful. You mean like just here. share like, hey, to my, like today's our anniversary. Oh, so are you just, kidding? That's I know my husband and I've been married for nine years. And so even wow. just the gratitude of saying, I am yeah. grateful for you and the work that you do. Like this morning, he made the coffee. Oh, and, you know, I love just, that. I mean, I just love when he does. It's the little things, right? It's not. That's huge. Ordinary. Like, I don't need a dozen roses, but making the coffee. Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. Um, it's, and that's so powerful. It's just starting with someone else. Like, I love that perspective because I think we often mm. miss out on that opportunity to just give thanks to someone. To just, And it yeah. doesn't have to be this overly, you know, dramatic thing. It could just be like, Super thanks simple. for being you or thanks for showing up or thanks yeah. for inviting me to this or thanks for going for a walk with me or getting my coffee if they're walking at work or just having that team meeting. It's a little <laughs> thank you. It doesn't have to be the big, like, thank you. Like coffee is my love language. You're speaking to me. And, 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 and by the way, my friends, coffee's good. Coffee's fine. Beautiful research on how it does powerfully impact us. So eight to 10 minutes or so walking sunlight, getting things passing you, just walking to that level of appreciation, expressing that, um, you're going to really root yourself there. And then we move on to nutrition. Um, with deep respect to everyone that does not have food, for those of us that have the privilege to skip breakfast a few times a week, research shows the brain is a hybrid model. It works on glucose and ketones. So just switching a couple times a week, improve clarity, uh, what they found in some beautiful research. Um, and also what we eat. So the cadence is important. And then what we eat, um, blue zones, do some research if you haven't already. The mind diet's exquisite. I'm not here to tell anybody what to eat, what not to eat. I'm Italian. I love food. Um, I tend to lean into the mind diet, Mediterranean diet, best research for, um, pro, um, for reducing Alzheimer's and, and dementia and things like that. Um, and then, you know, the last two pieces are probably the most important. So the brain is a three pound thinking flesh. So that means if we want to improve our life, if we want to show up powerfully as a leader, someone's an influence, we want to be more creative, more connected, we have to think differently. Maybe that's just shutting off the GPS one time, going to that new grocery store or something like that. Um, or maybe it's picking up a magazine or a different type of book. And just thinking differently is, is really powerful. You know, when we learn, we grow, we feel like we have more to give, and that gives us a sense of fulfillment. So as a leader, when we're connected to thinking differently, serving people that outside of us, a mission, a community, whatever it is, we really anchor in a sense of meaning and purpose, which is really powerful. And then the last thing, before I start any training, I do a little bit of coaching. I call it strategy, um, strategy and breakthrough. But so as a speaker, first question I'm always asking when people walk in the room, how'd you sleep? You sleep good? Sleep is the elixir of life. It's emotional first aid. So what does that mean? What they found in beautiful decades of research during REM sleep, 
actually is the lowest amount of, we'll call it neuroadrenaline that's happening in our brain. So what we're doing without even knowing, it's like group therapy. We're clashing memories without that stress hormone. And then almost like an edible doc, when we wake up, we can, if we have that capacity to almost retype that experience, that memory, and save it differently. So sleep is exquisite for emotional health, well-being. So let's walk through it really quickly. Super simple. Eight to 10 minutes of sunlight. Maybe do it while you're walking. Open up your view. Get things passing, right? Anchor in a place of appreciation. Anchor in gratitude. You bathe in happiness, right? Think differently. Make sure you're getting an appropriate amount of sleep for you each night. And the last little tidbit I'll add in just because I, I feel like I want to serve. Hopefully you get some value from this. You're giving that, so much value. Yeah. I'm like thinking, should I do, what can I do? Yeah. What can I, do? <laughs> I love this. And then maybe I can dive into my specific thing, but, uh, and, uh, what's also really powerful is, and I know if you're watching this, you're probably an achiever like me. If you can from 10 30 to 4 AM eliminate any unnatural light, like around 7 8 PM, my lights are off here. What they found was the unnatural light is actually disrupting so much. So there's a, a piece of the brain called habenula, and essentially what happens is it spikes your insulin levels. So that means if maybe you're working late at 12, 1, 2, if you've ever felt that like sense of anxiety or stress pulse through you, it's because it is. You're, you've disrupted, you've become imbalanced biologically. So Again, not telling anybody to do anything, but if you can, if you have that privilege to turn the lights down or turn them off, so you can really steep into, slip into what I call deep sleep, um, it's it's really, really powerful. And uh, if it's okay, Jen, I, I just love to touch on this too, for any yeah. leaders out there learning to move people. Often I get this in my, my workshops. They say, you know, I want to I wanna influence people. I want to lead people. Um, you know, first focus on what matters most to you, right? Have that mission bigger than you. But also I'll hear, you know, I get butterflies in my stomach all the time. I get nervous. Like, what if they're not going to like me? What if they judge right. me? Right. And, uh, I will say this, the moment you, you make someone feel judged, you lose power to influence them. So you want to show up, appreciate and understand everybody's world. Just truly curious, compassionate. Wait, say and, that one more time, because I think that yeah, that's a really important point. Yeah. The moment as a leader or someone of influence, the moment that person feels judged by you, you lose power to influence them. So I call it like a little arc. You want to appreciate, understand the world. You want to align, be relatable, establish rapport, uncover the truth. Like how are you like there to serve them? And some people say, you know, my people are saying they're stressed. Well, if you ask enough questions, you can follow the trailer stress right to the fear, right? Um, and then ultimately, the most important piece as a leader of someone's influence is this last piece that most often I see is, is not mastered yet. It's hey, the can ability. I go back to like yeah. that, that point that you just made? Because I think, you know, influence, there's, there's likely that fear that comes up or that self-judgment that comes up when yeah. maybe we're writing to someone that we don't get along with very well, or we maybe don't like very well, or if they're sitting in a meeting with us and we know that we have, you know, half the group that they're mm. on our side, we get them. And then the other half, I don't know how they feel about me. This is when you really need to be cognizant because if you start judging and creating these divides, that's what Anne's yes. saying is you really lose your ability to influence and to connect. And if you mm. think about that, expanding it to the team, you can't motivate half of the team and not one half of the team. And so that's yeah. where like, how do you suspend judgment? I mean, curious if you have 
Ant, have you ever found someone that you don't like? Because I feel like you love <laughs> yeah. everyone. So how do you suspend? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. Like, you, you alluded to the, the piece yeah. of like, you know, that maybe that second step, if that's how I caught it. But how do you kind For of sure. do that? Because what if yeah. you sent me a nasty email? I am not liking you right now. Yeah. Like, how do you actually, you know, show up in a different way? Yeah. I mean, I will say this. Get the nasty email. People are doing the best they can with the resources they have. How can we be bigger? Um, and also what you said, too, is that's going back to the 24-hour clock. We take care of our state. We can impact the state of someone else, right? We're all nervous systems. We're investing in each other. You felt somebody before that dismantles your nervous system, makes you feel weird, right? Because they're in a different state. So powerful states impact um, other states. And um, yeah, going back to that, that judge piece, I just have a belief that I have inside of me that, you know, I'm, I'm truly here to understand and appreciate. And I think that goes back to your rituals, your conditioning. It doesn't mean that I don't get upset. Doesn't mean that I don't get sad when people say harsh things to me, um, but I'm always trying to figure out what what it is that could potentially be driving them to say that. I don't know what's going on at home. I don't know what battle they're facing, right? So I let those words not land here. I separate from that because ultimately, you know, I love this quote: "Detachment does not mean that nothing owns me, or uh, does not mean that I don't own anything. It means nothing owns me." So you're unattached, independent of the outcome or that experience. Um, and then, you know, going back to what you said there for, for just that understanding of the room, you know, just to be curious about people while they're walking in there. People like people like themselves or who they want to be more like. So just doing your homework before you even step into there was really powerful. I remember one time I was doing a talk and I was in Texas, just outside of Houston. We were in the cuts and I walk in there, New York, I'm moving like a taxi in Manhattan. And this, this, this nice gentleman came up to me, he goes, he goes, Ann, you know, you're in Texas, right? And we talk a little bit slower here. And I go, oh, I understand. I get you. So you want to understand what you do before you walk in there. And that'll walk us back into this, this last thing. Ultimately, this last piece of leadership I think is incredibly important. You, you appreciate you understand their world. You uncover how you can support, you can serve them, independent of the outcome. This last piece that I see a lot of people fall short on, which there's no judgment because I was there and I'm still working on it. We're all students of learning and growing. We're students of life. And that's a gift we have, right? You're either like growing a, or dying every single yeah, day. <laughs> it's, it's exactly. And, uh, and you know, what's really possible, uh, what's really powerful is that influence is not like what we did. It's, it's what we do. Like it's one of the most important skill set as being a human. Um, and it's, it has to be that alignment in, internally first. But this last piece is, we have to be powerful enough in our presence. I think it's Ralph Waldo Emerson that says, you, you, you speak so loudly, you don't have to say anything really, or something like that, I'm paraphrasing. Um, but this, we have to be powerful enough to, to empower or challenge directly or encourage, whatever the language is for you, people to move forward. So what that means is, what happens is, because when we're too attached with how they could perceive us, we want to lean in sometimes. Well, I'm going to be too strong here. But really, we're not doing our job as someone of influence or leadership if we don't help them really take action on those next steps. Right. So we have to be so aligned going back full circle here with our words, with our mission, with what we're after, who we are, what we stand for, and the standard to which we play this game of life at. And in such a way that we know that even if they feel a little bit challenged, we're helping them grow. And that's how we're serving that person. 
Otherwise, we're not going to help them grow. And I think truly, um, if you're watching this, we're after really making a difference in people's lives. So understand, appreciate, uncover, find the strategy, help them maybe um, discover the story that can take them to take action on those steps and be strong enough, not to them, but with them to move them into action. And I think that's leadership. I love the difference, the strong enough to them. Or will yeah. you like even thinking about that and, and even words? I think I've been thinking a lot about the power of words lately because uh, <clears throat> it was in a conversation I had yesterday and I forget the individual or that I was having this conversation with, but talking about how it's your words matter. But here's the other thing, like you might say them in one way, but people hear them in a different Mm. way. And that like, you know, that's something that we have to be super mindful of as leaders, because you might be like, Hey, I said the right thing. Well, maybe you did it because it really actually matters how someone else received it. And that could be tone. That could be timing. That could be you know, what specifically was said, and maybe it wasn't offensive to you, but it could have been offensive to them. And I say that because I think we do need to be mindful of our language. And I'm curious if you have any like thoughts, tips on that as we wrap up. Yeah. You know, language is the wardrobe of our experience. You know, it constructs our our everything. And, and just to bring, you know, connect the dots here, you might be like, well, what Ant's talking about the 24 hour clock. How does it support my leadership? Well, Great leaders move emotion in others. So if we're in a powerful state again, we can empower others, right? So, you know, when we think about language, you know, it's extraordinary what we can do with just growing our vocabulary and even going back to the 24-hour clock, thinking differently, learning new words each day. Because with language, we can construct um, different experiences. We can pull people in um, and allow them to understand, you know, what we're really trying to do together and, and really grow together, what I like to say. Ultimately, even with like different words, we can plant seeds under trees we wish not to sit under, right? And that's what leadership is. You know, leadership is when you're around somebody, um, you empower them. And then when you leave, they still feel empowered. Management is just when you're around them, they want to do what, you know, what, what they're after, right? So um, I think going back to words, it's, it's one of the most powerful tools that we have to regulate our nervous system too, and thus we can regulate somebody else's. So my invitation also is this, be careful, be patient with your words, not just with oneself, with others, because the words we use help us cultivate our experience. And ultimately going back to, you know, where I was going with the butterflies, you know, before you have to go into the meeting, before leading you know, a a presentation for people that you're trying to influence or looking to influence, know that those butterflies in your stomach could be nervousness or excitement. But what if you were to think of five encouraging words to help those butterflies fly into formation? Because ultimately, whether you're nervous or excited, if you close your eyes, it's the same internal feeling, but a different what? Meaning. And that's constructed by words. I love it. And snaps to you. There's so many like little tips in there, just that perspective. And I feel inspired and empowered right now, oh, I appreciate you know, it, like, and that's what I think we all need is to recognize that we can do this. It starts with us, but we can influence others by also allowing them to be yeah. them and being curious with them. And how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Thank you for, I, I'm so grateful for those of you that are watching. We got uh, Jen and I connected and she's a powerhouse and uh, I'm just so grateful to be here. And, you know, for me, if you want to connect with me, so I cultivate experiences. I call them, you know, engage, educate, and empower. It's BUniversity, demario.co. Um, I'm on Instagram too, trying to build my social presence. It's uh, Ant, A-N-T-D-E-M-A-R-I-O. You follow me, I'll follow you back. We'll lead each other to some growth. And, you know, ultimately, so 
the, the only real thing that I'm focused on right now is cultivating experiences. So if you're a leader, if you have a team and you're looking to make a shift in energy, helping people shift their perspective and also gain some strategies to, you know, help them impact at a greater, a greater level. Um, that's something that we can do. And you can check me out on my website. But other than that, um, the last little thing I'll leave with you is this. What are you after? Why are you after that? And how do you use your gifts to serve something that's bigger than you and fall in love with that process, fiercely carve your path, and don't let anybody tell you who you can and cannot be. Don't let anybody quiet your roar or dim your light. You're powerful because you believe that you are. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that. You are powerful because you believe that you are. Do not let anyone dim your light. These are all the reassuring and encouraging messages we all need to tell ourselves every day. And thanks so much for uplifting our audience, for giving your time. It was a pleasure to have you on the show today. Right on. You rock. Thank you all so much. Be you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast. I enjoyed my conversation with Ant. There are so many considerations that I feel like we're awoken within me that I am going to take action on. And I just loved his energy and how he held space and just that encouragement because I think we need that. So if you are after, you know, helping your team deepen their sense of meaning in their career to feel more alive, connected, engaged, and fulfilled, you can connect with the BU University Experience application via demario.co. And if you have a story and would love to learn how to craft or share and make it meaningful, because he's an amazing storyteller, so you can make a difference in the world, he can help too. Again, head on over to demario.co. There you can connect with Ant, you can see his services, see his messages, it won't disappoint. And of course, if you know someone that could benefit from hearing this message, maybe they're feeling a little discouraged and they need that upbeat encouragement, share this with them, share that love. And please leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming service. And finally, heck, we want to help develop you. That's what Crosscom is all about. Crosscom is about deepening your ability to love leadership, to love your people, to connect with them, to influence and inspire. And if you are looking for leadership development, head on over to Crosscom.com. We would love to connect with you. We offer leadership workshops that are complimentary, no charge whatsoever. And we would just love the opportunity to help your team or organization make a shift into how you do things so you can create, hey, a better place for everyone to work. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have a great day. Until next time.